Hey there, I'm Becky, and welcome to Literary Escapes with me, Becky. Today's episode is an author interview that I did in my membership book club, Literary Escape Society. If you enjoy hearing the behind-the-scenes story about your favorite books, you might want to join the Literary Escape Society. There'll be a link in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome, guys. I am so excited that we have Madeline Martin with us today. She is writer extraordinaire, New York Times international bestseller, and I met her, we just we decided it was three years ago at Lorelai's Romance Wine and Chocolate event. You were writing... Romance. Yeah, Romance. The Highland Spy, I think, is the one that I had gotten there. Okay. Mercenary Maidens um, series, and it was so much fun. I loved that series. I... bought the first one the Highland Spy got sucked into that and so it was a lot of fun they were really really fun characters I don't typically go for the historical romances a whole lot but I really enjoyed those so thank you I very much appreciate it (laughs) yeah so I was excited when I saw that you had a new book out and it was a historical fiction the last bookshop in London and I, it was so different than everything else that you had done. <laughs> so I, I watched this one. I don't normally see the whole process. Well, obviously I didn't see the whole process, but I saw like it's getting ready to release. And then it was its um, release day. And then it was, holy cow, it's on the New York Times bestseller. And then, holy <laughs> yeah. cow, it's on... Canada's bestseller, an international bestseller. So it has been so much fun to watch progression oh, with this you. book. Thank you so much. Man, it's been a wild ride. I I mean, you know, hitting the New York Times is one of those things that people would ask like, oh, what are your dreams, you know, as an author? And, and my dreams were a lot smaller because um, I never, that's kind of like, oh, I want to win the lottery, you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, when I um, actually, if you don't mind, I can show you, I can share the story about Please my do, yeah. out. Um, so I hit the USA Today bestseller list before with a book that I had written with several other authors. So when it came to the last bookshop in London, I was like, oh, I really hope that I hit the USA Today list so I can just have it like completely on my own. Um, And so I was taking a nap that day and one of my girlfriends called and she said, oh my gosh, you're on the USA Today bestseller list. Your number, I think I was like number 60 or something. So I was so excited and freaking out and everything. So my youngest daughter, you know, my kids all knew about it and everything. And so my youngest daughter, I was driving her to dance that night. And my editor called and he said, hey, Madeline, he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm driving my daughter to dance. And he said, well, I'm so excited to tell you. And I was thinking that he was going to say that I hit the USA Today list. And I was so afraid that my youngest was going to say, she already knows her friend called her and told her earlier. (laughs) And he said, you hit number eight on the New York Times bestseller list. And I just started crying. Oh, that's so <laughs> He's awesome. like, I probably should have told you to pull over. I was like, no, because then she'd be late for dance. <laughs> <laughs> Mom life must go on. It must. Oh, that's <laughs> fact, so awesome. Um, that night I had laundry to do. So I did it with a glass of wine <laughs> to celebrate. That's so awesome. How exciting that must have been. And then how did you find out the Canadian one? Um, that one was through my publisher. They sent an email and they said, you know, oh, you're on the Globe and Star. And there was one, the Globe and Star and also um, the Toronto, the Toronto something or other. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head now. 
but I was on both of those lists. And so they had reached out to me about that. And I said, wait a minute, if it's in Canada, does that mean that I'm international? And they said, yes, you are. <laughs> so, and it's actually, I mean, the book is actually going to be translated into, um, it's up to 18 languages at this point. Wow. Yeah. So it's been, it's pretty incredible. Um, I can't, I can't announce them as they come out. Like, I think I'm supposed to wait until like the books actually come out. Like I can't announce the deals when they happen. Okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, so that's kind of just, I guess, between us and the recorded um <laughs> but that's really um, awesome yeah, but yeah it's pretty amazing <laughs> we have folks in the group that are overseas and so um in the netherlands and norway and oh, so awesome. i know that some sometimes they find some of the translations that they yeah. read and so it's pretty cool when you find a good translator that right. makes it because um, one of our one of our ladies had a hard time ferreting out an English version of a book that we read recently, but she found a Dutch version of it and said it was much easier to read, and okay. you know she was able to get the nuances and all of that. So right. well, and I, um, I actually Danish uh, one the Danish one um, just came out not too long ago. Oh, cool! So, okay. Yeah, it's like Densista um Buell e London I think is is how it ended up being pronounced I probably totally butchered that but that's awesome <laughs> but pretty cool yeah that's very cool so <laughs> you you've written a, a whole lot of romance books right yeah and I have I think I've written uh I think I've written like 37 at this point Holy something along those lines so, so how did you get into writing let's start there um, I think, you know, I'm an avid reader. I've always been an avid reader. Well, I guess not always. Apparently my mom had to pay me a penny a page when I was first starting off because I didn't want to do it, which I don't remember. I just remember always having loved books. But she told that's me so funny. that's actually not true. Um, so now I know. But as far back as I can remember, I have always loved to read. And being an army brat, um, I lived overseas in Germany for 12 years. And, um, you know, for me, we moved around every four years and I have become a lot more of an outgoing person, but as a child, I was painfully, painfully shy. And so books really were my best friends because they moved everywhere that I went. Yeah. And so whenever I would go to a library, the very, or to a new school, the first thing I would do is to find the library. And I think the librarians actually ended up being my best friends <laughs> before I actually, you know, classmates were. So, um, so for me, I really was about a book a day reader all the way up until I had kids and then, you know, mom life, but, um, and then I discovered audiobooks. So now I listen constantly nice. while I'm, you know, cleaning toilets and, uh, you know, doing laundry. Exactly. And all, the, all the glamorous so, stuff that you can exactly. do, get to do. <laughs> so I've always had stories in my head and I've actually always written little stories. Um, my mom oh, sent fun. me this box of all my things from when I was little and I found all these little stories that I would start writing. And at one point, I even made a cover out of like cloth. And I had like a, like I wrote a blurb for the book and I had like a dedication and an author's note in the back and everything. And I mean, so I think that, I think that just stories and living in my own little imaginary world is something that I've always probably done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so That's, I think yeah. it just kind of was, it was meant to be. But I actually, I, when I was, um, I went to Flagler College and I graduated with a major in accounting or uh, in business administration with minors in economics, political science, and accounting. So, so I can, that's an obvious leap to writer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Nothing says, you know, inspiring creativity like corporate. <laughs> exactly. Accounting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So did you work in that, in the corporate field? Oh yeah, I actually have only been, um, so this last February would mark a full year that I've actually been writing full-time. And I actually was with a company for about 16 years. I used to do SQL programming for pulling reports and everything. Okay. And um, and I was writing on the side. So I always joke that like I was a full-time author, a full-time corporate America employee, and a full-time mom. And a full-time mom, literally yep. what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, um, I can imagine. I was writing about, yeah, like this last year I wrote seven books, but the three years before before that, when I was working a full-time job, I wrote eight books a year. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, it was a lot of not sleeping very much. Um, <laughs> eight books a year. That is insane. Yeah, is, yeah. Really, really a lot of work. So um, next year though, I'm only going to write like two books and I'm, that's going to feel like vacation. <laughs> no, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just going to kind of maybe sleep in a little bit more and um, not feel guilty if my nap goes over 15 minutes or <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Thank you. So most of your books are set in England and Scotland. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. So my, my upcoming uh, World War II is not going to be in either of those locations. Okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me your um, relationship, I guess, with London and or with England and with Scotland. Have you been there? Did you live there? What's Yes. Um, so I actually, well, I've traveled there quite a bit um, and I've been to London several times. In fact, I actually celebrated the turn of millennia at Big Ben, which was pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. It was really, really cool. Um, especially after Y2K didn't actually destroy the world. <laughs> uh, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, Scotland and Ireland, they just have this, like, this sort of untamed wildness to them. And it's just so beautiful and green. And when you go, they've got these lovely accents. I think it's the accents. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I get you. <laughs> especially with writing romance, you know, you've got the Scottish brogue, and then you've got these Englishmen with, like, their debonair accents and, um, you know, like the Regency era, like those tight rules and how it just makes them want to be broken. And uh, so, you know, I, I really think that that it really just had a lot to do with those sort of things that inspired me. I will say also research for English speaking languages for history is so much easier much than easier, trying to imagine. do research for non-English speaking. I've discovered that as I'm doing this research now. <laughs> okay. And yeah. so that's an interesting one because you do write a lot of stuff that's set in like the 1600s, 1700, 1800, that time frame. What, um, how do you do your research on those? How do you know like the day-to-day -day stuff? Um, right. So I actually do probably about a year's worth of research before I switch to writing in a different genre. Um, I am a self-professed history nerd. I love, love, love history more than anything, um, except my kids. And, <laughs> and um, I mean, you know, for me, I just, I love doing it. So I actually have books that are set in the medieval time period. I have books that are set in the 1700s. I have books that are set in the Regency period. And now, like I said, I'm switching over to World War II. And I probably will eventually write some other time period as well. Yeah. Um, because I really just, I, I just, I find it so fascinating. So I'll usually do about like a year's worth of solid research, just really learning the culture 
getting my hands on any book that I possibly can and just going through it. Um, and also visiting on site is huge as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, if we must, I guess. Okay. <laughs> the things we do for books. Um, exactly. <laughs> so uh, going on site obviously is really huge. Um, and I've also found too that visiting on site offers a lot more reading materials that are not available online. So if you go to a museum, for example, they'll have little pamphlets and things like that that wouldn't be available um, online that you could purchase. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, I've noticed that, especially like at a lot of the castles in Scotland, they'll have like these tiny little books um, that are like maybe like 50 pages long and they're a wealth of knowledge because they talk about all the intricacies of the castle and it being built, but oh, you can't perfect. find it by anywhere. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. And if they have, you know, like the artifacts that show the day-to-day yes silverware or what you know whatever they were tools and whatnot yeah. that also yep, makes exactly. it easier and that's, to... that's a lot of times like the day-to-day you just get that from just crazy tons of research um a lot of times like the day-to-day is really kind of a puzzle where you know you're you're reading through a book and you find out oh they ate this at noon okay good to know and you write that down i'm, I'm a i always write things down i have like spiral notebooks pretty much all over the place um because I'm constantly writing things down because I just, otherwise it's like they, if I yeah. read it, it's like it slips in my brain and slips right <laughs> out. Yep. So I have to take the time or I'll be like, oh, I read that somewhere. Where was it? You know? <laughs> um, so I always, I always handwrite things down. Um, so I think pretty much every room of the house has at least one or two books with a couple of notebooks stacked underneath it and a pen tucked in the spiral. Just line. in case. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, you just, you really do find those little tiny pieces here and there, or they, they talk about getting ready and they, they put on a, a certain type of clothing. Oh, let me write that down. And so those little sort of bits and pieces, you kind of put it together in the puzzle and you make the whole okay. daily life. And it's, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I do kind of flub it a little bit on medieval. Um, I say that they wore trues, which are like, kind of like tie pants kind of. Um, because if you have ever looked up medieval hose, it is the most unattractive thing ever. It pretty much looks like they're wearing diapers with like bright red stockings. And it's, oh my. I just don't know that I can write a love scene with that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do kind of flux it a little. Well, that's <laughs> your prerogative, that. isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I really feel like readers should thank me for that one. <laughs> that's awesome. So then. How did you make the jump from the Regency historical romance to World War II historical fiction? So um, I um, it, I ended up being published through Harlequin under HarperCollins. And um, basically, like, I have an editor who knew one of the editors there. And so that's sort of how I was, um, the door kind of opened up for me to be able to write a World War II. Okay. Now, I will say that writing, so historical fiction has been one of my favorite genres to read for a very long time again just because I do love history so much um and so for me I actually had wanted to write a World War II historical fiction for quite a while it's something that I'd been researching and kind of getting into for a while um and so when the opportunity opened up I jumped at the chance and um I just completely threw myself head over heels into research and loved um and, and like, I do, I do love writing romance, but one of the things that I really enjoyed about writing historical fiction was not having to kind of gloss over as many of the historical details. I got to share all the shiny little gems that I collected through all of the books and research that I'd done and kind of sprinkled them throughout the pages. 
um, you know, and, and it was just, it was fun getting to really explore and share as much of the history as I could. Yeah, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So it had a little bit of romance in it, but, but not overtly. Huh? Right. I mean, I think, you know, the reason I put the, the love interest in there still too is just the fact that love is part of life. It's actually a huge part of life. And I feel like to have that being completely absent from the book would be kind of like missing a color from the rainbow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so George and Grace, we never got their engagement yeah so do you have that <laughs> no so an epilogue has not been written about it but I would imagine that if he was going to propose to her it probably would have to do with a book maybe he picked out a brand new book for her and he figured a way to secure a ring inside not by cutting out the pages I have seen that before that is yeah. horrible <laughs> he would never never do that <laughs> that's so funny um, and, and so maybe he like, may even find a passage in the book that was very romantic and said that it reminded him of her or Aww. something along those lines. But I could Aww. see him doing something very bookishly romantic. I like that. <laughs> and of course right. she would say yes. <laughs> of course. Well, I hope that you write it because we would love to have that closure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Maybe one of these days I'll do it for like a newsletter, sort of a fun little oh, that would be fun. thing. <laughs> okay. That would be fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so much fun. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been so much fun. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. You too. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today on the Literary Escapes podcast. This episode was a clip of the interview I did in my membership book club, The Literary Escape Society. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to join the full interviews live, come check out The Literary Escape Society. We are a community of travelers who love books, or maybe book lovers who love to travel. Either way, if you need an escape, a literary escape, come join us as we read our way around the world together, one book at a time. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Literary Escape Society. And we'll see you next time on the next episode.